I've been thinking a lot about the deeper aspects of what myself and other people refer to as rejection. And it does come in a lot of of different uh, forms and, and a lot of different variations. But what I find is that it's the reaction to whatever it is that happens that we seem to use this word rejection for or, or what it stands for or what it means. And I look back on my life, you know, just really taking a long view and find that what I really refer to as rejection and why, you know, it has always made me feel uneasy has to do with my reaction to someone, you know, either declining an invitation or when I'm trying to to get to know someone or offering to help them in some way or to do something for them. There are just, you know, different situations in which we find that people are not interested in what it is that we have to offer. And to me, there's really two different levels of this. There, you know, when we when, when I really slow things down and really take a deeper look at what's referred to as rejection, it really has to do with, you know, what exactly is being rejected. Is it, uh, is it me? Is it something about me? Is it, uh, you know, if it's a business-related situation, is it something that I am offering to provide to someone or offering to do for someone? Or if it's someone that I am friends with or someone that I'm related to or acquainted with that I offer something that I feel like is of value and for whatever reason the, the offer is declined. And I know for me it's always been an area and I've talked to many, many people who struggle with this in different ways and really for different reasons. And I don't really want to necessarily go on too long just about rejection itself or you know why it, you know why we avoid it so much but what i really want to focus on is really taking a deeper look at this from a mindful perspective taking a look at this through the lens of someone that practices mindfulness and really works with the various feelings that come up when someone decline something that we offer of value to them or just that when we try to get to know them or you know introduce ourselves to them whatever the case may be uh, you know what exactly what exactly is it in me that causes me to react a certain way and not only after the fact in other words that's just really part of the equation then there is when I take a look at this from a mindfulness standpoint there is the awareness that comes online at some point that before I even put myself out there, so to speak, and try to be, to try to get acquainted with someone or to try to be friends with them, or if it's in a business situation, you know, offering something of value to them, 
because as humans, our minds tend to work in the way that we we tend to remember things that are uncomfortable to us, and if they happen enough, and I know that this is you know this is something that almost everyone, if not everyone, knows that we tend to avoid things if if we are predisposed to thinking that we are risking being rejected in some way then you know we may be more you know we may be much less likely to try to make that offer we may be much less likely to open ourselves up to someone to try to you know introduce ourselves to someone to uh, to try to let them see who we really are because of the the fear of what might happen or it may be our self-esteem that gets in the way we may be feeling a certain way about ourselves negatively and feel like, well, why would this person, you know, want to really be acquainted with me or be friends with me or really be interested in anything I have to offer because, you know, this is wrong with me or that's wrong with me. So really taking a look at this from a mindfulness, you know, from a mindful perspective, what I find is, at least for me, the way that I look at what's referred to as rejection is first of all to be aware of the fact that when I say the word rejection, it brings up certain feelings. That it, with as with all words and with all human beings, we all have you know sometimes similar ways of seeing or feeling a word in our in our heads, and it has a certain meaning. And there's always variations amongst peoples and amongst cultures, but. In this case, we're talking about that word. So as soon as I become of the, aware of the fact that I am assigning some sort of meaning to it, and it, you know, if it elicits any sort of feelings within me at all, I want to be aware of that. And some of this work is work I, you know, I want and need to do on myself when I'm not in the, the midst of having an interaction with someone in terms of really looking at my own attitudes about rejection and about putting my being willing to open myself up and be who I really am and not feel like I have to be who other people want me to be so that I'm not rejected by them, so to speak. So every time I say that word, there is an awareness that it's so much more than just a word. And for me, it's really helped. And I know it sounds very simplistic. It almost seems too simple to just pay attention to the fact that every time I say that word, at least for myself, that I become aware of the fact that it's much more than just a word. It triggers memories. It triggers uh, past hurt and pain that I have felt. Uh, It generally will bring up some sort of story in which, you know, if I'm not careful and I'm not mindful and I'm not being aware You know, it can bring up stories that I will just literally... It's almost like what's referred to as a tape library. There's this gigantic repository of tapes. uh, Or it could even be a film library, depending on whether we're hearing it or seeing it or both. And as soon as, you know, I hear the word rejection, my, my mind can immediately, or my brain can immediately, you know, somehow it's going to pull up some sort of story, some sort of narrative about a time... And usually if it's, you know, I'm getting ready to go into a situation where I'm going to put myself out there in some way and risk being rejected or risk someone not really being open to who I am or what I'm about or what I have to offer, 
that, you know, the brain tends to categorize things and it will bring up, you know, sometimes a similar situation in the past. And if I'm not careful, I will get so wrapped up in reliving that memory that I will begin to already, before I've even given myself a chance, and even more importantly, before I've given the other person the chance, because I realize that it's very unfair if I am not feeling good about myself and I'm remembering a time when a similar situation in which I put myself out there and somehow or another I was rejected. Uh, and that's how I see it. If I, if I choose to see this you know, as rejection, then you know it's very likely I'm going to talk myself into really being very closed. I'm going to get into a real defensive posture you know, from a mental standpoint. And we'll find that before I even go into that interaction, I've already decided who this person is. And I have no idea. That's the thing that's so unfair about it is I have no way of knowing. And just being aware of the fact that I can tend to do this if I start thinking, if I get into that mindset and really get caught up in, you know, what the word rejection really means and how I interpret it. And if I interpret that negatively and if I see that it's a sign to, you know, uh, it's, it's a negative thing for me because I'm, you know, continuing to interpret through that lens all of the things that have happened to me previously when someone hasn't been open to me in some way or has not seen value in what it is that I have to offer or who I am. And it's really helped me a lot because I have been able to do some work on myself. And it's, you know, it's certainly a work in progress. I'm nowhere near there yet and probably never will be because I'm human. But at the end of the day, what, it, what I'm finding is, is that the work that I'm doing, you know, within myself, the mindfulness practice really does power that and really is fuel for that because it really is important that I become aware of what's happening within me when I am defending myself or when I get into a closed defensive posture, mentally speaking, before I even really give myself a chance to be who I am with other people that I don't know at all or don't know very well. And I don't really know anything about them or don't know them very well. And so if I can be aware before I go into that encounter with them or I meet them or get to know them or sit down and have a visit with them or talk to them, I am much more likely to be more open if I'm already aware that I am somehow going into it with any preconceived notions. The other side of the coin is, is, is that many times what I've interpreted as rejection has really been you know, due to my expectations for other people. That's really the other side of the coin on this is, is that if I go into interactions with people I've never met, meeting for the first time, or people I don't know very well and not very comfortable around, and if I have expectations in my head for how I'm thinking they should be towards me, you know, I expect them to be open to, you know, who I am and what I'm about or, you know, and or what I have to offer, or I expect them to react very positively to that or to see value in it or to be excited or enthused about it. Uh, if I have expectations and, and, and hopes that they'll want to continue to be around me and find who I am and what I'm about interesting, I'm really setting myself up for a lot of internal pain 
because I have those expectations. I'm harboring those hopes and expectations. And when they don't turn out to, to be the way that I had hoped or that I had expected, and I think that's really just a degree of how committed we are to things coming out the way that we want them to. It really, I think the more that, you know, the more committed we are to needing that particular outcome, then the more, you know, the more that I'm going to interpret this as what's referred to as rejection. And so a lot of this work is, you know, that I found has has had, has had to be done in isolation. I've had to question my own interpretations of what is referred to as rejection, why I've struggled so much with that. And I can't really necessarily say uh, that there's any one particular way to work on oneself, you know, in that particular area. I know that everyone has a different way of approaching it, but I know for me, it's just, it's really been a matter of my mindfulness practice because I'm practicing being aware of what it is that I'm thinking and really part of mindfulness practice is, you know, the, you know, first of all, having some type of meditative practice to calm the mind so that when I get into a situation where I am stressed, I can be able to be more aware because I've engaged in some type of meditative practice that helps, you know, calm my mind in the moment when I'm in the middle of life and it's all happening. And I know that's the tough part about this is we don't always have a lot of time to prepare for our interactions with people we've never met before or that we don't know very well and that we're going to somehow put ourselves out there or let people see what we're about and what it is that we have to offer and who we are and what we do. And being able to have these practices at our disposal when we're out in the world on our feet and in the middle of life while it's happening really make it easier to, while I can't necessarily sort all this out in the moment, sometimes there's a lot of things that I need to question, you know, regarding my own interpretation of of other people's behavior towards me, and to be able to be aware of whether or not I'm comparing that behavior that I'm seeing from others to any sort of expectations or hopes that I'm harboring or holding on to and could be even clinging to them to the point that I'm taking those hopes and expectations so seriously that if I'm not seeing what it is that I'm looking for, suddenly I'm finding myself really, really struggling. And what ends up happening is is that I, you know, is I'm not getting what it is that I'm hoping for or what I expected or needed to have happen. I'm either going to try harder to try to get what it is that I'm looking for. And the fact that mindfulness practice can allow me to be aware of all of these gyrations that are going on in my mind. And I think the really important part of this, the the most important point that I want to make is that, yes, it can be overwhelming. At times when we find ourselves unconsciously getting in our own way, uh, you know, with having hopes and expectations and needs for things to, to go a certain way with other people, that it can become very overwhelming very quickly. And so the, the key to this is to just, at the very least, and I really think even though it may seem like a very simple thing, it, it may be very simple in theory, but it is very difficult in practice. So we really have to be patient with ourselves and give ourselves time and patience and it's something that it's 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 something that that we grow into 
but it's in other words it's really about get, being able to just if we have to start with something then the most important thing is to just be aware if I can wake up suddenly and I'm saying that metaphorically and I'm in the middle of an interaction with someone and somehow I've been blind to the fact that I've had expectations for how they should treat me uh you know, some sort of need for them to validate me in some way, some need for them to be a certain way to make me feel good about myself. If suddenly in the middle of that interaction, I wake up suddenly and realize, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm actually doing this again. You know, I'm actually, I've gone, I'm way down the road with harboring these hopes and expectations. I have this vision in my head for how this person is supposed to be. And suddenly I just very quickly become aware at some point along the way that I am doing this. The beautiful part about this is is that I don't have to shut the entire thing down, so to speak. I don't have to stop talking and run away from the situation. What's beautiful about it, and the other part of this is I don't have to have all of the information. And I know for me, when I'm in situations that become very complicated from an emotional and a mental standpoint, that Yes, while there is a human need, I always, you know, have struggled with wanting or needing to have all the information. You know, if I become aware that I'm doing something, I suddenly need to know why I'm doing it. What was I thinking? You know, what, where, where was I going with this? And it can become very disorienting because I'm asking all of these questions of myself while, while I'm still in the same interaction with this person. And I'm trying to, you know, find my way through this. So at the very least, without, you know, without overwhelming ourselves, what I find is that it really helps to just be aware. If all I do and nothing else is just simply at some point during that interaction, become aware of the fact that I have some sort of expectations, I'm harboring some sort of hopes or expectations, or I have some deep need for this person to validate me in some way, and I need that from them in order to feel good about myself. Just being aware of it is enough. And it may not sound like it is, because the thing about it is we don't, we can't necessarily change everything immediately. If I can become aware of it, the idea here is, is that you know the more I try to stop doing it, and in this case, the more I stop trying to have expectations or have hopes or a need for things to go a certain way, or I have this deep need for someone to be a certain way towards me or treat me a certain way, if I can just let go of the need for that, not try to talk myself out of it, because that just adds another layer of complexity to this. If I can just be aware, what's beautiful about this is I can just suddenly, you know, kind of let go of all those things. I don't need to try not to have them anymore. I can just suddenly not pay attention to them anymore. It's as, it's really as simple as that. I know it doesn't sound like it would be. And then really what I do is if I can just remember to pay attention to that person and just let them be who they are. And if they're not open to me in any way, if they're not really relating to me in a way that makes me feel good about myself, just let it be and just let whatever happens happen and know that I will be okay. And what I find is is that I don't really have to choreograph this. I don't really have to think about it. I don't have to strategize or plan. And that's probably the most important point I can make here is as many times when I get in my own way, 
what's happening is, is it's just that I'm mindlessly, I'm not aware of the fact that I am just making things harder for myself by having all of these hopes and expectations and needs for people to be a certain way. I need this person to validate me. And if I can just let them be whoever they are, I can suddenly realize that I can actually just be who I am. It makes it easier. It's almost like I can, if I can just let them be, and it's almost in a way, if I give them that gift first and just let a person be however they are, I don't need to defend myself. And, and clearly, if there's an emergency, I'm not really talking about that. These are just everyday garden variety interactions with people. We don't have to, we're not in fear for our lives. There is, uh, there's, there's nothing going on that is adversarial to the point that we are in any sort of physical danger. What's really happening in these cases are that we are, what's happening is that there are just, we're getting in our own way with all of these thoughts about how we need this person to be in order for us to feel how we want to feel. And when we really look at it through the lens of this, it's easy to see why rejection sounds so daunting when we feel rejected by others. And it's so easy to get caught up in just sort of feeling that feeling in the pit of your stomach. If you think about meeting someone new, especially for people who struggle with anxiety with social situations. And I realize there's a lot of people who are very extroverted and this is not difficult. But for people like myself who have struggled with anxiety in in social situations, with people who don't necessarily always have, you know, the uh, the most developed self-esteem and the highest levels of self-esteem and don't always feel great about themselves. And I think it's very human, in my humble opinion, that, you know, many times we don't feel as good about ourselves as we possibly could, but all we're capable of is all we're capable of. And that's enough. And that's the beautiful part. So after really taking a deeper look at this, it's really, I think it's easy to see that, you know, in terms of being more mindful about it, it really boils down to, it's just being aware that we are, that we're processing things behind the scenes. We're making it more complicated because we have all these thoughts and hopes and expectations and because we need things to go according to plan, every time, every moment they're not going according to plan, we're internally reacting in some way. And we can be so busy looking at, you know, what it is we're hoping happens and when it's not happening, it's like we're almost in emotional free fall because it feels like everything is just not going according to plan. And pretty soon we're just, you know, kind of in emotional free fall. And we're not really here. We're not really in the present moment. We're not really hearing anything that this person is trying to say to us. We're, we can't really be open, authentic, and genuine with them because we can't even really be in, in this kind of moment in touch with ourselves at all because we're somewhere else struggling because things are not going according to plan. So it's almost in a way, it's kind of like throwing out the plan. There is, if I have no plan, if I can interact with someone and not have any vested interest in how it goes, and I realize this is much easier said than done, it's much easier for me to be more conscious and really be here where that interaction is actually happening. And if I can do that, if and there again, it's a matter of 
in my case, doing a lot of work on myself when I'm not in the middle of these situations, really, you know, questioning all of my various reactions, questioning the, why I have these needs for things to go a certain way, questioning why I'm paying so much attention to how this person is reacting to me instead of just really trying to hear what it is that they're saying to me or what they're trying to communicate to me. I can actually cope much more effectively. And really when I refer to mindful coping, that's really what it's about. It's about being more mindful, being more aware, being ultimately being more conscious about what's going on with life and being able to deal with it and cope with it in a more effective way when we're in the middle of the storms of life. While it's happening, we can actually be mindful on our feet and deal with these situations in a way that's healthy. We can actually hear what people are saying more effectively. We can genuinely be with them. And we can also be kind, you know, not only can we be more kind and gentle with them, we can be more kind and gentle with ourselves. We can actually treat ourselves better. If we're not beating ourselves up emotionally because things aren't going, you know, the way that we believe that they need to go. And usually when I'm looking to, I'm either going to blame someone else or I'm going to blame myself, or in most cases, I'm going to blame both the, both parties involved. And it's really, it's, it is definitely unfair to them. It's unfair to me. And it's really just getting in my own way. And it's amazing how I've looked back at these situations and realized that I really haven't ever spoken with them at all, truly, because I'm worried about rejection. And the same things go. Same thing goes for written communication. Sometimes that's even more difficult. If we write to someone or email someone, asking for something, offering something, trying to get to know someone, introducing ourselves, whatever the case may be, you know, the interaction may not take place with two people speaking to one another. It may happen over electronic media. Uh, you know, it may be a text message. It may be an email. But really, the same dynamics apply. In fact, if anything, with electronic communications, it's even more difficult because we really have no way to interpret that person's body language. We can't see their facial expressions or hear their vocal tones. So we're really just operating in one particular dimension of communication. And what I find is, is that if I have struggled in interpersonal relationships with people right in front of me, I struggle even more when I don't have any real true cues in front of me, verbal or auditory cues. And if I'm going to think the worst about this, all of my biggest struggles are going to come to the forefront. All of my biggest insecurities, because I can create whatever I think that I, you know, whatever it is that we're looking for, we'll find it. So if I want to feel bad about myself, if I want to believe that someone is conveying something to me in a closed or negative way, I'm going to be able to find a way to convince myself that that's the case. So even with electronic communications, it's so much more, there's so much more at stake with this. And I realize how important it is to, to really, for me, to do the work of really, you know, what does rejection really mean? And really unpacking that in terms of doing work on myself to really understand why I, you know, interpret things this way. You know, why I have an agenda. Why do I have a need for this person to validate me? Why do I need them to accept me? 
And once I start doing that work, which I believe I really have to do on my own, because I don't think I can necessarily get all the, these answers from other people, then I can go into my interactions with other people more, much more mindfully and put myself in a much better position to cope with whatever happens with those people because there are no guarantees and I, and I know everyone knows that. Uh, every time we go into an interaction with someone, we risk something. And I want to be able to be much more open to meeting new people and being around them and becoming and being vulnerable, being real with them, being who I really am. And in order to do that, I know I have to do the work that I need to do, the mind, my mindfulness practice, and you know, questioning all of these motives that I have and this agenda that I have carried with me. And I found that the load, really the emotional load and the psychic load gets lighter once I can start unpacking these things and letting some of these things go. And it's a process. I'm not there yet. I'm nowhere near the, nowhere near the end of that journey, but I'm finding that my interactions with other people are much more satisfactory, even if they don't go the way that I hoped. And I'm much more willing to take that risk of putting myself out there and being who I am with other people because of the fact that, that I, I'm doing this work and continuing to do this work and continuing to practice mindfulness and mindful coping. It's available to anyone. There, there, there's no special skills required, just the willingness to engage in the practice and live life, to be more vulnerable, to be more authentic and genuine with ourselves and with others, and just live life. Because to me, this is what life is.